Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Daphne. And I'm Ilaria. And today we are very excited to welcome a very special guest on Mom Brain. We are talking with the one and only Jennifer Garner. We all know that she is an amazing actress, but she is also an, a producer and an entrepreneur. We're going to talk about her organic food line, Once Upon a Farm, which I'm a huge fan of. And her work to feed children during the pandemic with Amy Adams and Save the Children, her involvement with Camp by Walmart. She's doing so many wonderful things. And where we feel like we're in quarantine and it's a little Groundhog Day every single day, she is looking out and she is saying, how can I give during this time? And not just give to my my home, but how can I reach out and help other homes and other people who might not have the same resources as I do? She's also going to teach us about her revolutionary muffin cake mm-hmm. and also share an incredible list of great children's literature um, that she loves and that I'm so excited to scoop up. So without further ado, here is our amazing conversation with Jennifer Garner. This is a fact. I'm Jen and I am a mom of three, two girls and a boy. And I am from West Virginia and I live in California and I um, work for Save the Children I'm an actor and once upon a farm are the three things that I do. And uh, that's really it. But I'm happy to meet you. <laughs> and where can we follow you? Well, I'm, I am on Instagram, Jennifer.Burner. I'm on Facebook, too. So, yeah, that's where you find me. Please do. It's fun. It is fun. And you actually, your, your Instagram is, it always makes me laugh. It's got a good balance of things. Oh, good. Thank you. It's a tricky thing, isn't it, guys? That whole. Yes, it is. Really tricky thing. It is. With that, how are you holding up? How are you holding up with all this craziness? Well, I think as well as anyone could be. It's interesting. I was just saying that we all, we are, um, there's really no answer other than lucky, grateful, in just the best possible position. Right before I talk to you guys, I, I do these Zoom meetings with kids over Miracle Children's Network and just say hi to kids who are stuck in the hospital during all of this. And um, I was chatting with them and thought, well, I always just feel like you don't have to look hard for perspective, you know? So yes, we're doing great. And it's also such a roller coaster. I feel like just in talking to my girlfriends or people that I work with, we're all kind of on the same where one week we're all like, Okay. All right. And then the next week we're all okay and making plans for making it work and, you know, coping, but it's a trudge, isn't it? It is. And that's definitely, you know, gratitude is something that gets us through every single day. Whenever we, I find that I'm complaining about, you know, things, I'm going to just like take it back. And I'm like, it could be so much worse. I mean, first of all, we're healthy. We have a home, we have resources. I mean, there's so much to be grateful for. It's hard with, I mean, my kids are are pretty young, so they love being around us all the time. But they they do get to a point where they're like, well, we want to go back to school. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. Or I try to talk to them about being grateful. And that's a little bit more difficult for them to to, to really grit. I mean, trying to teach a child uh, that this, that what is provided for them, that their reality isn't everybody's reality at a very young age is, is difficult. Yeah, I don't know that 
Uh, I, I think it's kids don't need to know that yet. They're allowed to take that for granted. And as long as you live in gratitude, I really do believe as they grow older, um, it'll all happen really naturally where they will really, I mean, I, I, I know that for all of us, our kids are growing up with, with a lot of privilege and you can't force gratitude. You can't teach it. You can't, you just have to embody it and live it. And then I just think it's one of those things that your children will absorb. I love what you said. You don't have to look hard for perspective. I think that's such a wonderfully simple way to remember that um, it's all around you, this idea mm -hmm. of, of appreciation and gratitude and, and its corollaries. But I, I'm so curious. So, so we experienced the beginning part of quarantine as a family of 11. It was my parents, my me and my three other siblings, my entire family, our four kids, my husband, everybody. And it was really interesting to see how these different age ranges started to accept information that was coming in and dealt with the blows that they felt in different ways. Um, I'm so curious since your kids are a little older than ours are, and they are, as you said, becoming more adult and like independent and thinking and have their very strong other you know own opinions about things. How did you help them like navigate what I'm sure was a, like in the world of teenager, not being able to go to school or not being able to see your friends or go to prom or like whatever it is, that's a crushing blow in, in a lot mm -hmm. of cases. How do you help them feel not okay and, and help them cope and, and any ideas for, you know, slightly older children who don't just trust everything that comes out of their parents' mouth as gospel? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they didn't always feel okay. It wasn't okay. <laughs> Having to leave, I mean, my, my daughter, my middle was in fifth grade and she had her very favorite teachers in the whole school and who she had had in third grade had moved up to fifth. And she was wow. in that class with her best friend being challenged, being excited. She lived for it and it was a big deal for her. She's very social. That was, it's just, she just had a really hard time. And so now you know, at the beginning, it was like, what can we do? You know, when it first started, I kind of started us off and with a we can do hard things dinner conversation and with a notebook open. I always have one with a notebook open and like, let's talk about what we're going to need to do to be successful. And we're going to need to just be really kind with each other and give each other space. We're going to need to really find ways because they're big enough to you know, we know that the way to feel better is reaching out. So who in our church, who in our lives can we be giving to in order to feel better? We know that we need to be safe. We're going to clean on Saturday. Like we just made a plan and we didn't always follow it, but it gave us something to go back to. And then it really just sucked sometimes, of course, for everyone. Um, a couple of kids were really fine with Zoom and they were just really happy that we were all cozy together. And I have one who's feeling a little more paranoid about COVID. And so it was um, great that we were so closed down and then one who was desperate to get out. So it's just, it's different for everyone. And now it's like, okay, going into the new school year, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this work? Because my middle daughter started saying to me, mom, my brain is repelling anything the teachers try to tell me over Zoom. I'm not hearing it anymore. And God bless her teacher who showed up in our driveway to talk her through because she was like, here is wow. this brilliant student, this amazing brain and brilliant student. And 
she's failing everything. Right, and so we right. had to, we had to really, you know, drill down together. How are we going to make this work for her? It's just not all going to, you can't make it all okay. You know, isn't that its own lesson too? I feel like a lot of, and so Laurie and I have been parents for, you know, roughly seven years, call it. And that was like a, a novel moment where you realize that if you've been a highly achieving person or you a, like type A personality and you thought that, you know, reading a book or like there were a set of rules that you could follow and then you get the A, you know, that was very, a very comfortable place to live. And parenting is a daily affirmation that not getting every question right or not getting every answer right or not always having the the solution is sort of par for the course. But obviously this throws everything even into more of a tailspin. I'm curious because I do think that that's something that is being highlighted for any parent who has like multiple kids is you see how differently they're all taking everything in. Um, and, and trying to remember that you have to be a different parent to each of your children is a really crazy deal, you know? Um, and I'm, you know, ah, that was, that's not a question. It's more of just like a, yes, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. And also, you know, every day with parenting is a fresh start to get it right or a fresh Mm. start to try something new. It's an experiment. It's like a lifelong experiment in a way. And yes, you can follow the books and I do. And I was definitely someone who, when my first was little, I was very much prepare the path for my child. I was like, you know, oh, she's napping. So everyone be quiet. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's not until I had my third that I learned to prepare my child for the path instead of preparing the path mm-hmm. for my child. And that is something that I, I heard once. And it's one of those little parenting things that has really stuck with me. Of course, it's going to be hard. Of course, you know, and it's, I feel the same way about resilience that I do about gratitude. You can't tell your child to be resilient. That's so condescending. Like be resilient. Like you be resilient. Why are you telling me, you know, it's, (laughs) why are you telling me that? But you can point out to them, you know, what's happening right now is that you are rising to a really tough occasion. And I am seeing something in you that is, I I hope you're really feeling proud of because this is not easy and you're doing it. I've been reading so much about that recently. A lot of people are coming forward and talking about how we tend to try to just make everything better. Like, let me just make it better. Let me make you feel better. And then our kids aren't learning how to cope on their own. And exactly that they are resilient in so many ways on their own if we just step back and we're there to listen and support and be there for things that they ask for. But that actually them learning sort of the arc of difficulty, the arc of pain, the arc of a tantrum, the arc of a heartbreak is extraordinarily important for them to see that they can get to the other side and that they can do it much on their own steam. And then, you know, talking about depression, you know, rates and suicide Mm -hmm. rates and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, that they're saying that it actually teaching them to sort of sit with difficult experiences makes them capable of being stronger, happier people later on Mm -hmm. when things get a little bit tougher. Totally. You know, it's the old thing of narrating it for them so that and just showing your own calm about the hard thing that they're going through. Like, yeah, this is your this is awful. I can see. I think that's probably true. Too. You know, the same way when your kids are little and they fall down and if you freak out, they freak out. And if you're yeah. like, you're going to be okay, they're, they're okay. Um, but it, it's interesting how much parents end up setting the tone for how I'm sure kids are internalizing everything that goes on in their daily, in their daily life. And, you know, this current moment being, being a, a very formative one for anyone. 
Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you keep yourself sane, calm, happy, like relaxed, uh, whatever, however you replenish yourself? What's your, what's your favorite way to do that? <sighs> I like a routine. <laughs> I really realize I'm getting set in my ways. So <laughs> I like a routine. I, I always start my day <laughs> with a workout and I, I realize that I'm super spoiled. I've had a trainer for, you know, since I was a peanut and it's just somewhere that I, I, I really need someone telling me what to do. And now I can do it over a class on Zoom or over, um, you know, an app. I can't, I can do it, but I'd like to have some, a buddy to work out with. So the ladies who work at my house, my assistant Mo, who's, um, who quarantined with us from the beginning, um, cause we were doing Sable stories and she, it was just like, she just moved into the guest room and my kids, Nanny also just slotted right in. So it's actually really fun because it's, you know, a bunch of women taking care of what needs to be taken care of. And we, the three of us tell the kids you're on your own and we work out together every day. And that's been a huge part of it. And then I have to be doing something that is looking out. I just always feel like, I don't know, it's, it's too easy to, to navel gaze. I have to have some, some kind of focus uh, out in the world and what can I be doing to be helpful? That just makes me feel better. And then, yeah, then otherwise it's just a, um, I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this yeah. podcast, yeah, but we're it's, a, we're mom. it's a, it's just a <laughs> show, you know, it's just like the one kid needs this while the other needs this while you're supposed to be on a zoom. And today I was on a conference call early and I had two kids who were being funny and they weren't getting that it wasn't a time they could be funny. And they kept trying to yell at the people on the call. And I was like, and they weren't <laughs> getting it. And I had to forcibly scrape them off and go the, you know, it is what it is. Oh, wait, so I didn't know that you, you did or do once upon a farm. Yeah. Do you like I it? I love that. Ladies, do you like love. it? Tell me you like it. You're yeah. total. You're we like top. It. <laughs> okay, good. Yes, that, I'm one of the founding, um, one of the co-founders. I love that. We've I discovered it maybe is it possible like three three years ago? Have you guys been around for three years? Yeah, three years. Yeah. And I love it because it feels like real food. It's you know for me, um, it was the first thing I had seen that I said, okay, I would have bought this. I would have used this. This would have really helped me because steaming and, you know, the whole, and now the, the kids snacking, the dairy free yogurt is with no sugar added and the overnight oats, which you might have to get, um, online where you guys live, but those are great snacks for me and my kids love them and they have protein from pumpkin seeds. And so I, I love the company. I love the mission of behind the company. I love the food itself. Um, and I'm just super proud of it. Yeah, no, I love I loved the packaging as well. It did feel like like what, it feels like a fairy tale. And I was like, oh, this yeah. is to my house oh, and it's good. real food. And because I'm always trying to, you know, I mean, kids, kids are kids, and they want to, you know, have their snacks. And then, you, but like trying to give them snacks that are good for them. And at one point, like the other day, I was like, no more snacks because you guys have stopped eating meals. Totally. Oh my gosh, it's the worst. I feel like I threaten that once a week. And then I'm like, okay, fine, have some snacks. We're <laughs> <Like, laughs> like day four into it. <laughs> if they're going to snack, you might as well make it fruits and veggies. Right. Exactly right. And it's still so functional. I mean, I love, you know, I love that it's refrigerated. I think that 
Um, once you start to go down the, the path of learning about what they have to do to make shelf stable baby food and shelf stable snacks like last forever and ever, it's, it definitely makes you, um, very grateful to have like fresh refrigerated options and, and just helpful, no sugar added snacks in general. Um, and I, I do think that it's, you know, it's just like, it's helpful to, as, as you, as you said, it's helpful to have a snack that like, as a mom, if you need to just eat it yourself. (laughs) Yeah. It's not, it doesn't suck. Well, if you think about the way we've always thought about anything like this, whether it's baby food or kids food like this, like I would no more have a go-gurt. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Like this, it's just so gross. Like it's kind of the, the trope is how disgusting this kind of food is. But then meanwhile, we all talk about, well, I feed my dog human grade food and it's so fancy. And it's like, wait, what is, what's happening here? Why is this? Why can't we just feed our kids real, real food? It's possible. And I love that it's, um, I, I thought this was a huge win. I saw this in the news when it happened. A huge win for you guys to be um, WIC uh, approved. WIC approved. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. be, because I, I have to say, like, being able to achieve that level of scale and be able to be mm-hmm. available to families, women, children, infants who desperately need access to, to any kind of fresh produce and especially high quality fresh produce in a really functional format. I thought it was like, I just, I was clapping for you over here. I was like, this oh, is thank so you. Awesome. It was such a, I mean, it was the reason to get into business was yeah. that, um, and, and John Forker and the, the other, there are four co-founders, um, Cassandra Curtis, Ari Raz, John Forker and myself. And John's our CEO. And he and I, when we met, he was just an investor and I was just meeting kind of with an, the main and one of the main investors or somebody I was really interested in because I just wanted to know why he liked the company. It was tiny. It was really, they were, they were in just a small handful of stores. And when we met, I said, you know, my, my issue with it is you can't just be feeding kids in Connecticut and Beverly Hills. There mm-hmm. has to be, you know, there has to be some, you just, you, I've seen too many families in rural America struggling who just don't have access to this kind of nutrition at all or taste or vibrance of color or flavor. Their kids are just growing up without this sensitivity in their palate whatsoever. And I I just couldn't bear it. And he said, okay, well, I feel exactly the same way. And so we, we had a handshake. I'm in if you're in and we came in at the same time and that was our total mission. And now we just have to, you know, cause it's just, it's hard to get WIC approved in every state right now. We yeah. just got California, which is a big deal. And then just making sure Walmart has been a huge partner in it in making sure it's available. Yeah. Well, we should talk about on that note, we should talk about camp by Walmart because I know that you're involved in this initiative and it is really exciting. I think there are a lot of families who've been stuck in their homes for a very long time have yeah. probably run out of creative ways of using like old boxes and toilet paper rolls at this point. Like we, you know, I think that it's such a cool, well, I'll let you tell, tell everybody what camp by Walmart is, because I, I do think it's to your point, it's servicing a huge population with really fun, great, engaging content. Oh, great. I, I love talking about this. I feel like Walmart did a great job of using all their, their might and power and their ingenuity and um, just fun to offer all of these different experiences for kids. For me, I'm in charge of snacktivity. I'm a snacktivity counselor. So it's a, <laughs> you're, it's, you're doing an activity to make a snack. And, um, 
it, the thing that I love about it is that it, there's a real choose your own adventure. It's not just kids being told, do this, do this, do this. It's much more like, if you want this, then add this topping. And if you want this, let's do that. It's fine. So kids have agency in it and they get to participate. You know, what kid doesn't want to push the button on the phone? <laughs> so they get to participate in making the choices. And then at the end, they have a healthy, really fun snack that they're super proud of. What are some of the snacks that you guys have been making? Well, we did a yogurt parfait in my snacktivity that was so delicious that I came home and had my kids make one. It was, you know, it's yogurt and either granola and then little bits of coconut flakes. And, you know, just like everybody, we've been baking a lot, but I always bake a lot. So it's nothing really new. Um, I, you know what I've done differently than I've ever done before um, is when you make muffins, you make them and you the muffin tins are kind of a pain to clean out. And so what I've been doing is I've been making a muffin mix and putting it in an iron skillet, a cast Ooh. iron skillet. And you just, mm. I mean, because muffins, let's face it, are a cake. Right. But it's, it's just... <laughs> but they're muffins, so it's we a, them a, it's a cake. <laughs> but the fun thing is just trying something in a new way. Totally. I, it's just silly, but having a slice of a muffin cake is very going over very well here. We made one today that was cinnamon sugar. Oh, so good. But um, yeah, delicious. So that that's our snack du jour. But there's always, um, you know, we're so lucky to have access to fresh fruits and vegetables. And so there, that's, a, that's just such a big one. This is something I feel I have to ask because I'm so, I, I feel like I saw a picture of it at some point. You were on like a giant tractor on a farm. And I yeah. want to say it was your farm. Do you have yeah. a farm? <laughs> I have a farm. I have a, well, it's my mom's family farm. Oh. My mom grew up in this tiny little rural town in um, Oklahoma called Locust Grove. And uh, my uncle had taken over Uncle Robert and he was living there. My Uncle Robert was a plumber for 40 years. And I called him once I started, um, joined Once Upon a Farm. I called Uncle Robert and I said, do you mind learning how to become a farmer? <laughs> and so he did it. He and my Aunt Janet, we have a biodynamic farmer. They're the only organic biodynamic farmers in the area, my uncle wow. and aunt. And so this guy, Jim, comes down and coaches them. And then they do it. And they uh, grow food for Once Upon a Farm. I mean, amazing. We add to the produce. <laughs> I'm actually going to find my way there and harvest sweet potatoes in a couple of weeks. And I cannot wait because we have a new tractor and I can't wait to be on it. And I, I love that farm so much. I was going to ask if you feel like you've, you actually really, I have this fantasy of one day, you know, embracing like the, the inner Martha and going into my farm and having my luscious produce that my, my black thumb doesn't kill and, you know, everything working out as it should. Um, do you feel like farm life is, is, is excellent? Do you, do you love being there? There's something so gratifying about growing your own food and yeah. getting your eggs from your chicken. I mean, it just is, it just, it feels good. It feels like, you know how good it feels when you put a meal on the table and it's just that much better when you've participated in, in growing the food. But the last time I saw your dad, Daphne, oh, I was on do? his <laughs> show and he started asking me like, Oh, what do you, what do you like better? And he started asking me all these personal questions about how I felt about Martha Stewart. 
And thank God I really do love her and was nice about her because he surprised me and had her come out. <gasps> and she came out and surprised me. And I almost had a heart attack because what if I had been like made fun of her? You don't make fun of Martha Stewart. No. What if you I don't make fun of Martha you Stewart? You don't make fun of Martha Stewart. <laughs> number one. Yeah. So wow. I was like, Martha, what are you doing here? He said, it's a surprise. And I was like, who surprises anyone for real? That is, you pretend to be surprised. But I was really surprised. You can tell him. I said, I haven't forgotten. And I own. So I will let him know the, the scarring is still very real. It's still right here. It's at the surface. Oh that's, that's so that's, funny. I'm horrifying, but so great that it worked out well. I think it's an amazing experience for the kids as well to see how food is 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 made and it changed we have we have a garden here we don't have a farm but we have we have a pretty big garden and then you know I mean I I love to cook so I'd always be in the supermarket you know pre-covid and being like what am I gonna make for dinner and I would be like all right I need basil and you get like a few sprigs of like meh basil Uh and now I realize they're like it's ridiculous how expensive basil is because basil is so easy to grow and we have too much of it we will never that that and mint and rosemary, oh. we have like so much of this. And I'm just like, guys, what are you what are you doing in the supermarket? You know? Yeah. In the city, once we return back to hopefully normal life one day, hopefully. I'm totally gonna like make one of those like herb gardens, just like in our but apartment. You can. Because and you it's can. just as satisfying as having a whole farm. You just need to grow something, something. for kids to understand. Mm-hmm. They just need to put a seed in and then, you know, water it a couple times and then have it be something they can eat. And kids will eat mint or kale or basil right off anything you can pick yourself you're so much more likely to eat yes yes and it's can't get fresher than that alari and i are both out on long island and there are you know farmers markets everywhere and the produce is just so beautiful and it's been reminding me how wonderful it is to feel inspired to to go shopping you know every day roughly because i buy small quantities and just you know just make them that day but to be inspired to create something new to create something fresh to not have to work that hard, honestly, because the produce itself is so lovely. It kind of does all the heavy lift for you. And absolutely. My kids feel more like we have this rule, you know, big kids try everything once. So I'm not going to fight with them endlessly to eat the whole plate or eat the whole meal or whatever, but that I want them to feel proud of having the courage, if you call it Mm -hmm. that, but really just like the ability to change their habits, the ability to do something novel, which I think humans sometimes have a very difficult time doing, um, is great. And I think that you have done a lot to make sure that cooking is fun in your family and eating together is fun in your family. And, and obviously for many outside your family. Um, but I have to tell you, I've kind of fallen in love with your save with stories campaign too, because food, food inspiration, I find easy to find great children's books and like continuing to stimulate my kids emotionally through wonderful literature feels harder actually sometimes. Cause I, you know, I, I feel like I pick up all these kids book hope, hoping they're going to be great and they end up sucking. And so like, I, I am so grateful to, I feel like I find great recommendations. My kids love to watch them. I think that it's like, talk a little bit about that campaign and, and why it was so important to you to create. Uh, the night that everything shut down, what was it? The 13th of March, maybe? The 12th of March. The 12th yes. of March. The Thursday, 12th, the 12th of, March. of March. <laughs> um, Amy Adams called me and said, you know, I've really been thinking about the kids who rely on school for food. And this is the area that I work in. I work in rural America and I work in poor rural America. And so 
Um, and I have for a dozen years and I had just come back from a trip to Eastern Kentucky the week before. And that same week, like as everyone's like, don't travel. I'm like, hang on. I got to do one more thing. (laughs) That week I had been visiting, um, in Sacramento with Governor Newsom. Actually, I think I had been there that day on the 12th. I think I was with him as he's trying to shut down the state. We're like, okay, but can we talk about educating kids in the Central Valley and, you know, um, all different parts of California? And so this is just like the love of my life is this little job that I have for them. Um, although my kids remind me I don't get paid, but that's the best kind of job. <laughs> um, so anyway, when Amy called me, I said, actually, I can help. I can help you do that. I do know the organizations that can do this. Let's, let's get to work. So that weekend, I just went bananas with my, um, my friends and colleagues at Save the Children and, you know, we just kind of, we called No Kid Hungry and said, will you partner with us? Because we know that we have different expertise. We have kids that we reach. They have kids that they reach. They probably need help with educational supplemental materials because we know that 35% of kids in rural America don't have access to broadband. And we have, they are have expertise in helping feed. So we knew that that would be a great match. And then it was, it started off like just with Scholastic, I had a, we have a friend there through Save and calling Billy and saying, can you give us any titles, rights to any titles at all? And then once we got rolling, you know, cause as soon as Reese Witherspoon signs on to something, then you have a little bit of a, of a movement because she's so powerful. And so she's my first call, of course. And she, um, once she did it, then I had something to point to, to call publishers and say, can we please have, and then it just got to be so much fun because what I love more than anything are kids books. I could talk kids books all day long. Yes. I need your recommendations by the oh way my gosh. At, the, oh, at the end I, of this. I can totally give you recommendations. <laughs> okay, good. And so I was going through, um, just in my mind and like spitting out titles or going through my house and then we were going specifically to publishers saying, okay, here are today's lists. And then I had these awesome books that I would have, you know, personalities, actors, athletes come in and I'd say, oh my gosh, I want you to read this. And then I got to put them together. So it was a lot of letter writing, organizing, posting. We did it all, Mo and I did from my house and all off of Amy Adams' idea. And it was, it was great. We raised millions of dollars. Wow. Amazing. Well, I, it's, I mean, it's such a... It feels simple, but sometimes the best ideas are the simple ones that just pair. But I had no idea how much like coordination and rights getting it involved, obviously. Always. Um, Everything's always a little trickier than you think it's going to be. But it was it really kicked quarantine off. It was six solid weeks of working just around the clock. That's why my nanny was living with us, because I did nothing. But I was just like, see ya. You know, we were just 100 percent save with stories. But it it started us off with so much energy and there was so much positivity around. It's still up. I mean, it's still up and we're still accepting donations. Believe me, $10 to, if you text 20222, if you text the word save, $10. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And it also, you know, during this time, anything that you can feel like you're putting some positivity into the world, you just feel like you have a purpose, you know? There's so many yeah. days, I think, with quarantine that it's just like the same, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do the same thing over and over and over again. And and having some sort of like purpose and feel like you're having some influence out, out there, even though you're in here, it, it changes your mood tremendously. Well, you guys are doing that. You're doing that 
here and reaching moms and talking about what's going on and helping them get through it. How are you guys dealing with your kids getting along with each other? Is everyone getting on each other's nerves or what do you do for that? I feel like we're lucky in terms of Tell me if you agree, Daphne, because we all yeah, right yeah. now we have the same amount of kids. Um, we're lucky we have so many kids so close together because there's built in playmates. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they also piss each other off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing because like my oldest two are 21 months apart and they're either like the best friends or the worst enemies. And it's girl, boy. So mm-hmm. I have girl, boy, boy, boy. And um, I know she feels very angry about it. Um, but anyway, so she's, you know, they, the other day they were playing and I'm sitting there and I'm watching them. And I'm like, yes, this is what I want it to be. I don't want you guys to be fighting all the time. And I'm just thinking like I'm having this whole thing in my head. And then they start screaming at each other. And I'm like, whoa, what just happened? But I don't get like too involved. And then they like sorted it out. And then they were like best friends and hugging again. So I feel like it's just so much. But then I have like a three-year-old and my three-year-old, I mean, three is a tough age. So it just, it really just depends. I've got a three-year-old and a two-year-old. I mean, that's just like, I know, I know. I had three boys in less than three years. Alara and I have the reverse. So she has three boys and a girl. I have three girls and a boy. And it's pretty interesting actually to compare notes on like high estrogen versus high testosterone content in the home. Um, but I would say that what I do notice is similarly, like my little two get along pretty much with everyone. My my third, my second youngest daughter is very independent and like kind of on her own. She's a Sagittarius. She's very like, I'm doing my thing. You can't bother me. <laughs> and my, my youngest, who will be a year on Friday, is a Leo, like party animal, wants to be in everything with everyone, but just like very easy. My oldest two are high high um intensity personalities very dramatic and they are each other's best best friends but they definitely it's also same as laria girl than boy and my son gets like irate that his sister is slightly i mean literally an inch bigger than he is and like slightly faster and more coordinated than he is or so they'll be racing and of course she can't let him win like it has to be you know an outright victory and what i found is actually that um they will get really angry with each other and there'll be a lot of screaming. I'll hear, you know, I, again, I try not, I don't want to be the person who has to come in to fix it all the time because I don't think you learn anything from conflict that's resolved by like some hand of God. You know, it, it doesn't get violent. I just let them kind of deal with it themselves. What I have noticed is on occasion, especially having spent the bulk of the last six months just with each other, um, I'll eventually say like, okay, you can't play together anymore for 15 minutes. And by the end of 15 minutes, because it's now a te- like removed from their they're like, but I miss her. I miss him. It's very, again, very dramatic, but I, I, it has worked really well at their ages. It's worked very well to be like, imagine even in these 15 minutes that you didn't have your best friend to play with all the time. Mm -hmm. And very quickly they come back to, they come back to the ground, but I'm so, I mean, yours are what, are they also like two years apart? Each of them? Three years and three years. I have 14, 11, eight. (laughs) But you have two girls and a boy? Yeah, I have girl, girl, boy. I cannot let you go without your book recommendations. We we ask everyone oh, for good. their favorite things, but I feel like your favorite things should be kids' books because I'm yeah. desperate to know what your recommendations are. <laughs> Do you have like all the books like Ada Twist Scientist? Do you have all those? No. What is um, that? Uh, Iggy Peck Architect. No, there's a whole what? series of them. Your kids are the right age for those. So check those out. Oh, fun. 
there's a book author that I love, um, Chris Van Dusen. He illustr he's a big illustrator, but he has like, if I built a car, if I built a house. Yes. If, if I, I built, built a, a house. school. But so he also good. has ones that aren't as well known, like Randy Riley's really big hit, um, which is great for boys. Oh, I like And, um, Circus Ship. Great, great, great. Anything Marla Frazee does, she's the illustrator, but she also did, she did this book that's like a real wish fulfillment thing for my kids called, um, A Couple of Boys Have the Best Week Ever. And it's about two best friends who go to camp together. And it's really simple, but her illustrations tell such a story. She illustrated, um, Seven Silly Eaters, for example. Oh, Seven Silly Eaters. I mean, you guys with your big families, it's about a family with seven kids and every child wants something different to eat. And the Sounds rhyme familiar. of it, the rhythm of it is really just a fun, it, Marianne Hoberman just like has really um, inventive bouncy rhymes. So it's perfect read aloud. Your kids are the perfect age. Every one of them will identify with somebody in this book and you will definitely identify with the poor mom. Um, <laughs> so that's a great one. Um, oh my gosh. I feel like I need to like sit down and make you guys a list. Oh, please. This is amazing. I, ha I had not, except for how to build a house, I have not heard of a single one of these titles. I am so grateful and excited because I feel like we've read our, our favorite books a thousand times. Um, one last one. What was your favorite to read to your oldest daughters? Cause we both have oldest daughters, like when they were seven or eight, we, we just finished the secret garden. We're starting um, the princess and the goblin right now. Yeah. I still read to, um, my 14 year old finally will not let me read to her anymore, <laughs> but I still read to my 11 year old. We're reading mm. the, the Pearl by, is it Steinbeck? It's so dark. I cannot believe she, she set a goal for herself to read 20 classics this summer. And so the wow. thing she's reading right now, she's reading of mice and men. And I'm just like, Sarah, your heart is going to break. This is a really sad Lenny. book. Lenny, but she Lenny. says she's doing it. Um, but it just gets better and better. If you, I mean, for me, that's like, I don't feel confident as a parent, but I do feel confident in my bedtime <laughs> because I have like jammed that they have to let me read to them. Sam and I are in the, um, in the middle of the sixth Harry Potter. I slow played so it as good. long as I could. And I finally, we just, I, we just have to put our heads <laughs> down and get to the end. But it's, they're so, I've read them out loud now three times and they never get old. But gosh, um, Roald Dahl, you, your kids are the, your big kids are the right age for all Roald Dahl. If you can get through Charlotte's Web without crying, Charlotte's Web, all of Beverly Cleary, although mm -hmm. they move a little more slowly than you might remember. If you're going to do Little House on the Prairie, don't start with the first one. Start because her first one is like a little slower. Start with the second. That is like the best advice ever. So I am reading <laughs> Harry Potter to my oldest one. And I was like, oh, it'd be really fun to also read Little House books at the same time. I don't know why, but we just uh, decided. And then Alec decided to start reading Little House books. And the first one, The Woods one, Into the Woods. Yeah, or Into the, wo the, the Big Woods. Yeah, And it's all about, she's like, this is a cooking book. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we don't eat meat. She's like, and it's all about meat. So I don't understand. This is really boring. <laughs> She's like, it's, the first one is like, she was learning how to tell stories. So yeah, skip ahead. And then once your That's kids are, love it, you go back. Yeah. Got it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Take you. care Thanks. of yourself. You Stay healthy. Yay.
All right, guys, that was our conversation with Jennifer Garner. She is such a fun mom, and she's so motivated, and I love how she uses her influence to to help children everywhere. This It's extraordinarily inspiring. I want to go also visit her farm one day. It sounds amazing. I know. Her farm sounds fun, and doesn't it? You know, you find those moms who are in your kids' schools, and you're, like, very happy for your kids to go over to their house because, you know, they're going to do incredible, like, crafts <laughs> and cooking and, like, great things. She's going to do her snack activities. <laughs> going to do snack activity. Um, so definitely, you know, wish that she had kids in my children's classes. Um, and also just, you know, I, I totally appreciated the simplicity of, of some of the wisdom that she was sharing with us. The thing, like, absolutely the looking outward, absolutely. The, you know, perspective is everywhere. And the reality of like, you're not always going to have all the answers as, as all knowing mom, as much as we wish that we all did. And the idea of letting, um, you know, letting kids and, and growing up kids, you know, teenagers, like she has experience the challenge without trying to always mitigate it and always make it better right away to give them an opportunity to, to not just grow through it, but also to have you say like, you must, you should be so proud of yourself for living through this really challenging experience and what you're taking away from it was going, is going to you know make you stronger. I thought that was really helpful. And yeah, definitely the, the ability to, Fill your body with nourishing food and fill your table with a great plan and a great like strategy and an idea that makes you feel like you're doing something. For me, throughout the course of all these months of, um, you know, day after day, feeling like it's it's Groundhog Day and it's also sort of unnerving because new weird things keep getting introduced I I have been trying to dream big, focus small, which I think people have said before as like a you know, a, a way to get what you want in life type of advice. But I think in this instance, it's where none of us are going to know the future. None of us are going to understand the huge complexity of, of everything going on in the world right now. But if you focus on the little things you can control, if you focus on every day for your family, making, making a plan to do good things for yourselves and to do good things for people around you, I think, um, I think that it makes it more manageable. So loved our conversation. And now it's time for our favorite things. time for our favorite thing. Yes! So my favorite thing today is something that is like ever evolving. I've had this really weird thing that's happened to me this pregnancy, which is my skin has been so dry, like in like the craziest, craziest way dry. Um, and you know, I feel like every single pregnancy has like some new like trick up its sleeve of how it's going to torture you. And I always try to be <laughs> grateful and I'm like super excited to be, you know, have meet my baby soon, but it's just an interesting experience. Um, and I am somebody I'm like, you know, very focused on moisturizing and I've at this point, I haven't um, yet had stretch marks through my pregnancy. I know that a lot of that has to do with, um, uh, genetics, but I think that moisturizing and staying hydrated also contributes to it. So I got, started getting really nervous once like literally my skin was like peeling and not just on my belly, like my legs, my neck, my face. It was like the weirdest thing ever. And, um, so I started doing something that's not very green, which you guys all know that I'm like little miss try to be as green as possible. So I'm just like, again, evolving. And maybe you guys can write to us, mombrainpod at gmail.com and give some other ideas. But what I've been doing is I've been lathering my belly up with cream and then I wrap myself in saran wrap. That just seems so much more uncomfortable to me than being No, can I tell you something? No, it's actually, 
I felt like I could move again. It was ah. so dry that anytime like I moved, it felt like I was like cracking. Like, oh, my no. skin was like oh, no. so dry. And it felt amazing. And obviously, you don't want to, you want to be careful with the heat and you don't want to like wrap too much of yourself because you don't want to suffocate. But like I literally have been doing this and I did it for like three or four days and my skin is back to normal. Wait, I love that. No, so you're talking about I you know. literally like wrap yourself in saran wrap and just like I just do my belly. I just do my belly. And like, but my back too was like every, literally everything was dry. And I'm like putting so much cream on, but then like the cream then all of a sudden is in your clothes instead of on your body. So I wrapped it in and you don't leave it on for too long, but like a nice solid like hour to let it like see, like go in and I'll do it like twice a day. You know what I mean? Like in the morning after I take my bath and then a night after I take my bath life-changing. Okay. So you guys can think I'm crazy. Alec laughs at me. He's like, I can't even look at you when you're doing your like this treatment. I'm like, you know what? Just <laughs> leave me alone. I'm really pregnant. I'll beat the, you know, what out of you. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's my new thing. And I'm sure that there's like probably more green versions, but like during COVID, um, I'm just going with what I can get my, my hands on. Okay. So my favorite thing today is the Shantikai Lip Tint Hydrating Balm. But I have to tell you, I love this product because we're out of the beach right now. And you know, when you put on lip color in the summertime, you really want your lips to be hydrated. It's very important. Um, but you only want kind of like sheer coverage because, you know, I think that like a very serious lip is hard to maintain when you're out and about running with the kids and it's hot and everything else. So I need something I can put on without having a mirror that like, I'm not nervous. I'm going to get all over my face and I want it to be really hydrating and I want it to not be tacky. Like some, I, I think a lot of people rely on a lip gloss when they're out of the beach or, you know, in the, at the pool or something. Um, but I, then your hair like blows in the wind and suddenly you're just, you know, cousin it with like hair all over your lips, which sounds horrible. <laughs> anyway, all to say this lovely, lusciously hydrating um, lip balm from Shantikai is not tacky at all. It's super smooth and um, and just beautiful. And I've been living in this color verbena, which Philomena keeps trying to steal from me, but I have gotten it back today. Um, that's what I'm wearing right now, actually. And anyway, that's my favorite thing right now because it's just made like makeup application in the summertime very easy. All right, guys, rate, review, subscribe, follow us, mombrainpod at gmail.com. You guys know we're everywhere. Share with your friends. Help us build our community. It's been really amazing. You know, this this forum gives um, us just as much as it, it gives to others. So, you know, I mean, people are always saying like, wow, you're, you know, as Jennifer said, she says you're giving back, you know, so much with this. And I'm like, you have no idea how much this gives me and how much I learn and my wheels are processing right. as we're having these conversations. Um, so thank you guys for being you. Yay. And and we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, guys. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mom Brain is a Gallery Media Group original production.